You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. After having a baby, it can feel like your body is no longer yours. After all, it's gone through a huge transition, growing a baby, then bringing that baby into the world. And then, of course, you might be breastfeeding. I don't know about you, but it took at least a year after my babies to feel like my body was mine again. So, when control over your body seems to have been passed on to the gods, how do you stay fit and healthy? Personal trainer Michelle Bridges knows what it's like to feel the effects of childbirth. She's just released a book that outlines a way of long-term good health and weight loss, if you need that. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I thank you. I'm so glad you prefaced that with, if you need that. (laughs) I think everyone sort of puts me in that bucket of, oh, she's all about weight loss. And I'm not, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a byproduct of the kind of stuff that I do and the kind of stuff that I write about. But uh, it's not my, you know, end goal. Uh, in fact, my end goal is to have people walking away feeling like they're back in charge and they feel great and their confidence is back. Well, that's, I mean, it's interesting you say that because I think about the time after I had my kids and my body just felt completely shattered. I was tired you know, you're breastfeeding. If you're breastfeeding, you're in the chair for however long. And the thing I missed was exercise just for that kind of endorphin, feeling good. Your body just didn't, it felt like it was moving. Mm. Um, and I take it that's part of what you're talking about when you talk about that overall health and fitness. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's really about you know, doing what feels right on the day. There's some days that I go to the gym and tear the place apart and there's other days I can barely get myself over the threshold, you know. It's like, oh, <laughs> um, or, or I'll just take myself for a walk. But I'll always do something. And that really is the preface, uh, the main thrust of this book is that it's it's about being consistent. It's about being, you know, um, uh, in, have your routines and your rituals uh, in balance and, and sort of honed. Um, you know, when I, when I wanted to talk about a topic that not many in my industry talk about, and that is keeping the weight off when 80% of us take it off and put it back on again. No one in my industry is talking about that. Everyone's saying, oh, you know, I can get it off for you in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. You know, in my case, I do a 12-week program as well. But no one's really sort of saying, well, what happens when you put it all back on again? And and that's the, the brutal reality is that 80% of this country do. So I was like, I want to write a book about this. I want to understand it more. I want to get more into the the, the headspace. Um, so I really reached out to my fitness community and, and I got them to, to give me all their stories, the good, the ugly and the bad and everything in between. And, uh, and I brought those stories into this book. And there was a few things in there that I knew my gut instinct, instinctively what would, what would come to the fore, but I wanted it not to be in my words. I want it to be in the stories of those fitness people that I reached out to in my community. Because so you the, have lots of little stories throughout the yeah. book, don't you? Real, real life scenarios of what people what they go have trouble with, and yes. And I just thought I don't want to be the, the narrative here. I want them to tell the story, and for the reader of the book to start seeing the common threads. And, and and what happens is by the end of the book, you you really the common threads are, are basically blaring you in the <laughs> eyes. That's yes. kind of how I wanted it to roll. Yeah. Uh, but again, it wasn't my stories, but my yeah. gut instinct told me what would happen. And what what you start to see is those that have had long term success in getting the weight off and keeping it off. 
is that they've taken their habits and their rituals and their consistent practices and they've honed them. Same bat time, same bat channel, every day, same choices, every day, same choices. Yesterday's choice is the same as today's choice is the same as tomorrow's choice. And and they've kind of just have it completely in their DNA. And when you talk about choices, you're not just talking about choosing to get up and go for a walk or a run or whatever it might be. You you also, um, obviously, this book is about food as well. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's every day I wake up, you know, let's say, for example, you know, Bob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's just talk about Hello, Bob. Bob. Yes. <laughs> or Kate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they get up at the same time. They get up now at six o'clock in the morning. They go for a 45-minute power walk. Uh, they get home. They they have in their fridge or their freezer or their pantry all the different s- supplies that they need to pack a lunchbox, to get them out the door, to get to work. They may even stop a bus stop early and walk the rest of the way. They might even have packed their sand shoes or their or their workout gear for the afternoon or, or whatever because they know that they're going to go and play a game of tennis with their mate on a Wednesday afternoon. They've got themselves well and truly entrenched in their nutrition habits, rituals and patterns, as well as their activity or exercise habits, rituals and patterns. And it's just like breathing. Once you get it entrenched, you just keep choosing it and choosing it and choosing it and choosing it. It becomes like a well-worn path. Those stories that, that also come out in the book of, of, of people that have had trouble, the, the on-again, on-again roller coaster rides, which many of your listeners might be nodding their heads to. That's me. That's my brother. That's my sister. That's my mother. They have had their habits and their rituals and their practices, but they've kind of just let them slide. They had them working. They had them really working, but they didn't have them working long enough to get them entrenched and they let the cracks appear and they let kind of some of them slide off. And that's really that's really the common thread that you see with those that have been able to keep it off long term and those that do the roller coaster ride. What's your advice for that stage of life after you have had a child where they are kind of the dictator of the rituals and rhythms that you can keep in your yeah. life. So you children know. don't tend to follow the, the <laughs> schedule, kids. Come on. What's yeah, going exactly. on? <laughs> um, this is where having your parameters and your guidelines set up in place really actually do work. And it sounds a bit odd because kids do throw their spanner in the works. But um, I find when you, life's going to keep throwing your hand grenades that's called life. Whether they're in, you know, a toddler, or their your mother-in-law turned up for a week and didn't tell you, or the dog ate my homework. Like life will keep throwing you hand grenades. So the more guidelines and parameters, habits and rituals and practices you've got entrenched, the easier it is because you've got them to still lean on. It doesn't mean it's going to be a perfect run, but when you've got yourself well organized, then you've 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 at least got a path. It may be a bit shaky (laughs) at times, but the path is still there. So you've still got your fridge with food in it that you did your shopping on Thursday night because that's what you always do. And okay, it may may get thrown out of whack because something's happened, but there'll be probably some staples in there, at least from last week that you can pull something together. It's just, I guess, about being as organized as you can, knowing that the wheels will fall off occasionally and maybe even having a bit of a plan B for that too. Like I have backup meals if I if it, if it all falls to hell. Yes, <laughs> I've got some backup uh, plan B, plan C. Yep. Sometimes even plan D. People, <laughs> <laughs> what about um, how important is it to um, 
enjoy the, let's say we're talking about exercise or even the food, what, how important it is to actually enjoy those things as well? Because I think for me, I've, I've spent years without doing, for example, yoga because it was just too hard with the kids and work and everything. But I knew I'd come back to it because it was my place of finding peace and having some kind of exercise in my life. Yeah. Is it important for people to find what they enjoy doing when it comes to that? I think it is. A lot of people say, I just don't know what it is. And, you know, it doesn't, with a little bit of research and a little bit of trial and error, you can usually find something that gives you a bit of joy. And it doesn't have to be a specific formal type of exercise. It could be surfing. It could be rollerblading. It could be pole dancing, for goodness sakes. I know one of my friend's moms loves it. She's like 68. She loves pole dancing. <laughs> and I'm like, you brilliant. know what? You go, girl. There's life in her yet. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> so it's just, I guess, yeah, it is It is throwing yourself out there Um and you just don't know what could be on the other side of that. And in fact, in this book, at the front end, uh, the front part of it, uh, there's a lot of research around um, DNA, the way in which we're built. We're all human, but we are d- built slightly differently. And I worked with a professor, Catherine Samaris, who is a leading endocrinologist here in Sydney. And she gave me some amazing research and some quite, I guess, chastening messages that aren't easy to put out there, but I've put them in the book. Um, around, you know, pushing your weight out to a set point and how you basically hormonally set yourself up for uh, disaster by doing that, you know. And I said to her, what, what, what's the bottom line? And she said, Michelle, it's just don't go there in the first place. And I said, yeah, but that's a pretty tough message for someone that already has. And she said, well, this is where it's not to wave the white flag in the air. Um, we it's still possible to take weight off and keep it off, but they need to be vigilant and consistent. Um, and I was forget my point we were leading up to. Oh, that's right. She said, and you need they need to find it's. We, we I want people to find things that turn them on. That's not about food. You know, I said that's cool. I yeah. love it. So, so I think we've put, put a little chapter in there. What turns you on? You know, like yep. let's find stuff that turns you on. And, and she was even saying, Michelle, it could be. Let's just put it out there. I'm just going to say it. I love this woman. I'm just going to say it. She's a professor, so I feel like she can say it. She's got got a white coat, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. Let's just put it out there. People should be having more sex, Michelle. It's it's good for you. It's good for the endorphins. It's a great workout. I'm like, wow, you could be selling a whole new, you know. (laughs) You go off and do your own book. More more people, more, more, you know, pregnancy and getting it right out there. (laughs) And that's the way to keep it Working towards having more children. (laughs) And then we might see how, how the exercise goes then. Um, Michelle, um, you do the, – the book is, is packed full of information. One of the things I like about it as well, though, is that you have a whole kind of range of um, menu plans in your books, ways to shop. Can you talk us yeah. through what you've got there? Well, look, I'm, I, I am kind of like a family now. I've, I've had a child with my partner, Steve, but he came to the party with three other children as well. One of them's 18 now. She's an adult. So it's like add – add water and mix and I've got an instant four extra people in my life and then Steve so there's five of us so um I thought okay I've got to start learning how to cook better uh to cover off you know that many mouths particularly when they're they're all in the house at once so there's a chapter there's many chapters in here there's budget chapters there's family chapters and there's batch it up chapters which I particularly love because what we've done is we've put together one main meal that you would cook say at the beginning of the week or even at the end of the week on the weekend perhaps ready for the following week to come 
And here's a good example of it. This one is our creamy chicken and vegetables. I really like this dish. You can eat it on its own. but Or you can make up a big batch of this and then fridge or freezer it. And then what you can do is I've got four different recipes to add that to. So you could make chicken volavance. So you take that batch. It's like a kind of a creamy, chickeny, vegetable soup. It looks delicious. You can Thanks see for talking about this at lunchtime. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so there's a big batch of that. So then what you do is you have a portion of it that you could put in little chicken volavants as one meal, or you can make a chicken cottage pie with it as another meal. You just put it in a, um, a dish with uh, mashed potato and then put it in the oven with a little bit of cheese over the top. Or you can turn it into chicken fettuccine, or you can turn it into creamy chicken with spinach, garlic crumbs. So there's like one batch turned into four different meals over the course of a week. Yeah. Um, um, so it's kind of really sensible, smart cooking yep. for families. Uh, you know, if you're looking for the full-on gourmet master chef uh, experience, you may oh look, I would say you would find it in here because some <laughs> of these meals are pretty good. But the the main thrust of my nutrition is it's got to be good for you. Obviously, it's got to taste good, look good. And there can't be really much more than, say, five or six ingredients. And in many of the processes, there's three steps. Love love it. That is great. Three steps, people. I'm going to take that book home with me. Um, Michelle, I could keep talking to you, but I'm going to have to wrap up, I'm afraid. I'm going to have to let you go. I guess my my main message here is anybody that's uh, ever been personally or known someone that has struggled with the whole roller coaster. This might give you some really hands-on advice on how to get started and uh, and get some rungs on the board and get your confidence and mojo back and just a couple of little great recipes. And, and feel exercise- good. And feel good. There's feel some good. exercises in the back as well. But it's really – it's not about having to be an Olympic athlete or, you know, a master chef in the kitchen. It's just about being a little bit organized and having a little bit of a game plan. Mm, I like it. Michelle, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. That's Michelle Bridges. Her book is called Keeping It Off. And the recipes that Michelle's just talking about, there are 130 in the book. So there's lots to choose from. I can't believe that I was promoting sex on this show. That's I, probably, is that a good thing? That is a great thing. Excellent. Why not? Excellent. Why more not? babies. We want more, more babies. babies. We're a family more babies. station. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, a win-win. It is people. a win-win. <laughs> so you can get the book in all good bookstores now. Just head to kindling.com.au for all the details. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.